Alrighty, here we are. Episode 5 of Cognizant Cognizance. October 23rd, it's a Tuesday. We're doing this on time this week. Um, motivation to get back on schedule, obviously. And today for the fifth episode, we have our second guest. Uh, so I will introduce my second guest, Sean Flynn, in just a few moments. Gentleman that I work with, he's a great guy. And we'll, we'll get into a little bit about him in just a second. Uh, I want to start off another shout out. Did shout outs last week. I like that. I'm shouting out my Red Sox again because game one of the World Series is tonight. And I'm going to be watching that for sure while I take care of the rest of my... Um, the rest of my responsibilities got some laundry to do all that good stuff but uh, Chris Sales on the mound tonight if I'm not mistaken so shout out to the Sox baby um, second piece I want to go into as always not my two cents but you're getting my ten cents you're getting a whole dime out of me um, the first of those questions that I try to ask myself every day and every week Over the course of the last week, I've been thinking, am I going to be a little better this week than I was last week? Am I better today than I was yesterday is what I'll ask myself. And always what that boils down to for me personally is my ability to resist envying what others have, jealousy over things that I can't control. And I think I've done a very good job of that over the the course of the last day. Um just having conversations with different friends who are getting ready to go to Mexico come the new year. They're talking about it in the group chat. They're planning all these things and I'm not doing that. And as much as I wish I could, it it does me no good to sit around and mope because I'm not going to Mexico. Um, So shout out uh, Brian, Robert, Amanda, Tara, Lucy, and Anka. You guys are going to have a lot of fun in the new year in Mexico for sure. And we'll all have to do something soon. Maybe Miami in December. Question two. Second penny here. Have I built my character? What this comes down to for me is whether I'm able to hold back criticism or not necessarily anger, but whether I'm able to keep myself from being a smartass, because I'm naturally a smartass, and when I find myself in conversation with someone, I've been doing my best recently to condition myself to just kind of hold some of that savagery back. Hold it in, keep it inside. It's not nice. I think I've done a good job of that recently, too. Uh, I've been doing my best anyway, because it's much easier to just let loose on somebody when they say something that you think is stupid, for lack of a better word, and I touched on this last week, sometimes you just gotta bite your tongue, put a finger in your mouth, keep yourself from saying something that is rude that you might regret. Uh, So I've done a decent job of that, I suppose. Um, Number three, did I give my best at work? I did my best to give my best at work today. I sat my happy ass down, but I was very distracted again I didn't no leads no sales nothing nothing good necessarily happened at work but I put in the effort the effort was there and I really guess that's all you can ask for at the end of the day is to 
not be a slacker. So I wasn't a slacker, which was good. Numero quattro. What did I learn new today? Ah, same as last week. It pains me to say this. I didn't really learn anything new today. Nothing substantial. Nothing on an intellectual level. I learned some new statistics about fantasy football. I learned some new statistics about my Red Sox. Uh, but other than how my Red Sox batters do against left-handed pitchers, which is mediocre, I didn't really learn anything substantial today. Number five, have I been making healthier choices? Not really. I kind of drank all weekend. Didn't really do anything productive other than working out a little bit. Um, So I wasn't very healthy over the weekend. I I ate like garbage too. So I got a rebound this week. Guess I need to start making healthy choices again. I had a couple good weeks in a row there. Number six, have I protected my planet? Sure. Sure, why not? I haven't done any damage knowingly to the planet in the past week. I don't know about you, buddy, but I haven't dumped any toxic waste in any groundwater or any aquifers recently, so that's good. Number seven, have I expressed my love for my family and friends? I didn't talk to either of my dad or my brother or any of my family really over the weekend. Um, Just kind of did my own thing. But that usually changes from week to week. See them soon enough, I'm sure. My brother and I are overdue to hang out. It's been a couple weeks. Number eight, have I spent quality time with my spouse? Ha! Ha ha! Well, that person doesn't exist, so... No, I have not. Um, Don't really need to either. Kind of just like spending time by myself. In any case, scent number nine here. We got a nickel and four pennies. Do I bear any grudges against anyone? Not right now. None really to speak of. I don't, nobody's screwed me over recently. Nobody's done anything wrong to me. I'm not the type to play the role of the persecuted in the first place. So yeah, I can't really say I hold any grudges against anyone, which is good. Don't really ever want that to be a yes. And the dime, the 10th cent. Am I content with my life? Never really content with anything. Try to be, try to be happy with what I have as always. You really kind of go crazy and become miserable if you start looking for happiness in places that you can't get to that in things that you can't obtain people that you can't hang out with or expect anything from but again always want to be better try to do better and just to be happy where life is heading for me i think that's important so i'm happy with i'm happy with that happy the way that's going Uh, So now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh, I mentioned that I have another guest with me this week. It's been a couple weeks since I had anybody on the podcast with me, anybody on the show. And so this week, as I mentioned, I have a friend of mine, Sean Flynn. Uh, We work together at uh, Live Tiles, another quick little shout out. Um, But he would know himself better than I do, Sean. Uh, why don't you uh, just give us a little brief 
introduction about yourself. Tell us just a quick couple facts, something cool. And, sure, uh, sure. Uh, take it away. Well, uh, my name's Sean. Jim, thanks for having me on. I'm a Libra. I like long walks yeah, on the beach. Yeah, Libras. <laughs> I don't put a ton of stock into the fact that I'm a Libra, but I am indeed a Libra. So if you want a very balanced individual, you know, Jim, then, then you've got the right guy. Um, yeah, I, I uh, work with Jim. We work at Live Tiles, so I've, I'm in sales. Um, some of my background went to college at Brockport. Mm. I'm very local to Rochester. And uh, some of my interests are, I love theater. I did a whole bunch of plays in high school and college. We actually had a couple at work. Um, yeah, those were, those were good. <laughs> those, those were fun. Better on all. I thought ours turned out better than it could be, and I had no idea what to expect from everyone else, and they were awesome. Oh yeah, the West one was awesome. The Wild West. Here's the tricky thing about ours, though, is that I was writing the script because I I love that stuff. I love. I wrote mine too. I heard. I there heard, go. and I'm gonna reference it because I was writing mine. And, but I, I was loud about it. And the whole West team was loud about it. They're like, oh, man, we got a good script. <laughs> and as they were getting louder and started talking and really bragging about it, I was like, oh, man, the script might be great. But if, if we go up there and tank, you know, if we're not practicing. Then it doesn't matter. Then it doesn't matter how great our, our, our script is, exactly. you know. So you were smart in that you had a good script. I actually really liked your script. And you kept quiet. You yeah. didn't say anything yeah. about it. And then we get this really interesting film noir piece that oh, I, yeah. I, I really like. You you played a very good Jim played an excellent, you know, noir reflective detective. It was a case I'd seen before <laughs> a thousand times. You know, Jim, you did a great job with that, and I liked how. Um, yeah, you 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 are quite the writer. Uh, I did not know that about you. So uh, yeah, I was impressed uh, with how that all that all turned out. But I was yeah, very nervous. Did such a good job. Because you guys, a, I think you guys had the best one, personally. Uh, yeah, we, we it was definitely the most intricate it, oh, by yeah. far. Yeah, we had a huge because <laughs> of all the wild. It was a wild west for all of your listeners out there. It was a wild west saloon, and uh, we're all salesmen. So we basically the whole thing was that you know uh, we're all dialers. You know we're fast yeah. dialers that fastest are you know du- the, the dueling dialers, here. the fastest dialers <laughs> in the west, and and the the product that we sell uh, live tiles. You know we 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 we, we had that as as a a point of conflict for the story that this whole Mexican standoff revolved around. So yeah, lots of hats, lots of you know oh, kerchiefs yeah. and kerchiefs. you know crazy characters. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, it was it was a good time. I, I I'm any time that you can use your artistic abilities, you, oh, you know, yeah. could, to be creative. Like as, as soon as we that had out. that, it was like, all right, great, I'm off and running. Let's do it. Yeah. You know? So it's your time to shine, man. I didn't know you were so involved in the theater. I've always enjoyed that. It's it's one of those things that you just get hooked on so early. Like I started in you know middle school and like just yeah. just like little plays here and there, but it was enough to just plant that seed. And I've never been a very athletic person, right? You know, so I I, I did like softball and stuff like that. But I I gravitated just over time. And just this kernel of interest in the theater just grew and Hot. grew because I wasn't good <laughs> on stage. I wasn't I wasn't a big. I didn't have lots of roles and stuff like that when I. You know, was in high school and stuff like right. that. But but over time, you just you get so confident, you get so natural at it that it just grows and grows yeah, and grows and grows. There's nothing anyone else can do about it. <laughs> right? Yeah. And no. And so it's. It, I think it's like that with any any creative pursuit that you have. Everyone's like, oh, you're so talented. No, I'm not talented. I've just done it for this yeah, amount of time. I've been doing. And if you this. did it for this amount of time, yeah. you'd probably be more talented than I would be. You know, right. if you have an aptitude for it to begin with. So, um, but yeah, that's always been fascinating to me. So. 
Same thing goes with sales too. Whereas some people are, I mean, you gotta work at it. You gotta do that every day. Absolutely. The same thing every day. Eventually, you just you're gonna get good at it. Yeah. No matter what. Absolutely. Um, so another thing that we were talking about, um, I think you and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago, was your involvement with Toastmasters International. Sure. Didn't really, I, I know what it is, like mm-hmm. you see on people's LinkedIn profiles all the time, like um, yeah. business people, or really just, yeah, just anybody that is influential, someone that's going to be in that position. Sure. Could you tell everyone <laughs> a little bit more about that, how you got involved, Sure. things like that? Yeah, so um, Toastmasters is pretty simple. We get together. We get as much bread as we can. We line up as many toasts, uh, toasters as we can, and we just toast bread all day. That's, that's really? No, no. <laughs> that, that has nothing to do with it. But everybody's like, Toastmasters? What? Are you, what are you toasting bread? Yeah. No, What's going no. On here? It's it's a toast, as in a if you're an MC or if you're at a wedding and you present a toast. You know. So that's the whole mm-hmm. idea behind it. So basically, it's all just trying to get, um, just trying to move yourself up as a speaker. Just get yourself to the next level. If you can't speak at all on stage. Toastmasters is just to get you on stage. Hmm. So you can be up there, say a couple force words. Force you to learn. And yeah, force you to fail. Force you to fail on stage because that's the whole thing is that you, you get up there and, and it's not just overcoming the fear of speaking. It's, it's getting up there, being afraid, being on stage, watching yourself crash and burn on stage, mm. and then at the end of it then saying, and then finding out, wait a minute, I didn't crash and burn. No, yeah. we got your message across. You had great eye contact, and you had this great. So you you actually learn, oh, okay, so I shouldn't be so afraid because I actually have these th- three things down. I had a good narrative, I had good eye contact, and I got through my speech. I didn't pause. Huh. Where, and then at the end of it, they say, but where you suffered was we couldn't hear you. You know, we couldn't hear your volume. Yeah. So don't be afraid. Just, just speak up. Just speak up. So once you've spoken up, and oh, also don't forget, you know, uh, make sure that you have a good closer. You know, maybe that's something that you're, you know, you 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 had a great content, but you kind of just said, oh, thank you very much, blah, blah, blah. and then got off the stage off. as quickly yeah. as you could because you because of nerves. Yeah. So that's the great thing about it is that really it's 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 getting through that fight or flight, getting through that all of those nervous feelings because anybody that goes on stage has those yes, feelings. Yeah. I just... go every time I every time I make a speech, I get nervous. I I, I you know, and and that's just. It's natural. It's a human thing. I don't know anybody that doesn't. Right, right. But that's and the... if there is a person, there is such a person. I need to study their every movement. Yeah, either <laughs> study or kind of quarantine them yeah. off and be like, what's what's with this guy? What's with yeah. this gene structure here? How did he <laughs> How did he manage to lose the fight or flight system? Yeah. What, what's going on here? Yeah, that's that's when they. Yeah. So how did you? How and when did you initially get involved? Uh, just as, as soon as I could, actually, pretty much, um, I got out of college and, you know, I, you know, was doing jobs that didn't quite were really my fit. You know, I was doing AV work, which is a lot of running and stuff. And it's, yeah. it's customer service, but I, you know, want to make sure that, you know, I developed my, myself and I've always been interested in the speaker circuit. And so a mentor of mine said, you know, you should really get into Toastmasters to see what it's like. Mm. Okay. So I did, and, and basically, it, it's very simple. You look up Toastmasters in my area, you type that into Google, and, and you'll show get... show up. 
there's Toastmasters clubs all over. Mm. So I found one that I really liked, you know, because everyone's different. I mean, again, it's, it's kind of where you're at as a speaker. If there's some clubs that are set up just to help people who are non-English speakers. Really? Yeah. Like ESL yeah. Toastmasters. That's the whole point. It's just get up there. Mm. And, and the best way to, to get kind of get over your nerves and, and actually, you know, especially if you're a non-native speaker, you might rush through a conversation and, 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 and hope that maybe they'll help you a little bit if, if they miss a mistake. But if you're on stage, your mistakes are on display. Yeah, for And every... you can actually get them evaluated and say, oh, you're missing, you know, this uh, phrase or this grammar. word or you're using this wrong. And, and that's what really helps them, non-native speakers. So you wouldn't think of that, you know, right? No, when you I think never of a, When you think of a speaking that. organization. So that's, some of them, clubs are just that. And of course, others are much more professional and want to, you know, some are... Advanced Toastmasters, if you really want to get into the speaker circuit. So I'm kind of in the middle. I'm 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 doing one that's very um, leadership oriented, very business oriented, and um, so a lot of the people at the club, you know, all elements of the club. But there's a business section that they um, focus on very much and, and, and like to. Um, that's how people develop as well. That's pretty cool. So when you say speaker circuit, you're meaning people that are actually out, like as motivational speakers giving speeches that's one layer to paid it. or not just exactly out yeah. in front of people mm-hmm. speaking on whatever topic that sure. you know how to talk for 35 minutes on yeah i mean the speaker circuit is anything from that yet yeah, that that one guy that's given the the, the tony keynote, the keynote speaker tony robbins has energy you know and he goes up and he and he wows the crowd and you know that's that i mean that's speaker circuit but that's that's a final form it's the upper a lot of people yeah. start at like a workshop level or hey you know i've been doing sales for two and a half years here's what i learned here's my tricks blah 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 okay. here's my little workshop and then basically just plead with anybody please please take my workshop <laughs> and and they'll speak for free and that you know that's where you start in the speaker circuit is you say hey this is something i've got a talent for this is something i love you know even if you don't have you know a degree you could say hey i've i've, I've read 10 books on stoicism i think i'm an expert and that's what people care about. Yeah. Is is it's not it's not that you know I, I have a philosophy degree blah 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 you know I, I have no. a P, I have three PhDs no say I know what stoicism is I know what it can do to help you I know where you were you were weak you didn't understand what you could do to improve your life you didn't understand how to you know or, or yeah. you know to, you know you know make it make, create it its own thing and then say here's what I've learned I've read ten books here's Book number one, this is the first thing you'll learn about stoicism. You know, so, you know, if that's, you know, it, like, if you had ever pictured going to a workshop, you could do it. I'm sure mm. you could, you know, and, and it's just a matter of, you know, uh, developing yourself in a circuit as, as far as pitching yourself as well as a lot of its sales is creating a demo reel. You know, here's some times where I've spoken at Toastmasters on this topic, or here's some times I've, I've, I, I spoke to, you know, my church, you know, on a, on a subject, you know, or whatever it is, um, natural points in which you've spoken that you just get a quick clip of you know and if people like proof is the ultimate sales tool that's what it is you know so speaker circuit circuit is it's intimidating it's something that i want to develop towards but um it's uh exciting too yeah it's exciting to be scared absolutely and nervous yeah you made a point on that that i really liked which was um you didn't you would be afraid if you were content i like that that makes a, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like I would, if I if I woke up and I was completely content with everything, that's a very scary thought. What's going wrong? Yeah, <laughs> there's well, something going wrong yeah, somewhere right? yeah. in my life or somewhere in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If everything is hunky dory <laughs> yeah, at all yeah. times, like something. If everything's is... hunky dory, then just wait for the nurse to come in and change exactly. the pillow. You know, because yeah. it's like that's that's you know that's, just yeah. take me out, <laughs> just get me out of here. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, man. So, I want to ask you one more thing. Yeah, I don't sure. want to just quiz you about Toastmasters. Okay. What would you say is the most important lesson or tactic that you've learned in your time, like, throughout your involvement? I think probably what comes to mind, surface level, is that... The first 30 seconds before you say anything in a speech are the most critical and the easiest to accomplish. The easiest to actually champion okay. is walking from your seat to the podium. You wouldn't think it, but that is the most... Yeah, I would not have that is the, that. That is the seconds. most critical. Because, uh, and I can't show your listeners because I'm uh, we're talking over this. We haven't but, reached that you know, point. But, I will eventually get a camera and set it up somewhere <laughs> so there's visual on right. the conversation. But yeah. But listeners, visualize if you will. Uh, you know, if you're if you're <laughs> if you're if you see someone going up the stage and they're hushed, I'm gonna close my eyes. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. Close your eyes and visualize. If you, if you if you if you if this is Jim Paro is going to the stage and you see Jim Paro and he's hunched over and he's wiping his brow and he takes a big long you know drink of his water and he shuffles up and he trips over a cord and he finally makes it to the podium and he takes a couple minutes shuffling papers and you think oh goodness oh no and and you're worried you're worried you're nervous because he's nervous because Jim's nervous up there oh no but if Jim walks up and he makes a big smile and he takes his time walking to the podium he even maybe says hello to one of his friends along the way hey Sean how are you good to see you gets to the podium, he's got his, his, his speeches right there, and he doesn't even start, he doesn't even say anything, he just looks around the room, he takes his time, he says, big smile, takes his time, and then he starts his speech. Everybody's listening, everybody sees, hey, Jim's confident, boy, this guy looks like he knows something, this he's got his speech what ready, he's doing. He, did, he, he, he paid attention, he knew the cord was there, he didn't trip over it, hey, he knows a couple people here. Even if you didn't, even if you just yeah. made that up as you hey, went along, how you doing? yeah, whatever it is, you know that 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 thirty seconds changes. Now the audience is relaxed. Now they see you're confident, they're confident, and they're interested. This is somebody who knows what they want to talk about. I'm willing to listen. I'm yeah. They're yeah. kind of you're kind of forced to listen Absolutely. because this person just made you pay attention yeah. to them slowly walk down Absolutely. the aisle and up. Yeah, and, and you don't have to you don't have to be Johnny Bravo or anything. You know you don't have to be like crazy confident, but just if you can channel that confidence and, and just fake that and fake that and fake that and fake that until through, it's actually until, there. until it's actually there and you can get up to the stage like that, that is the most critical thing I'd say so far. I've learned about speechcraft and, and, and making a speech is interesting first 30 seconds i never yeah i never would have considered that right as your answer yeah and honestly <laughs> i haven't been involved like mm-hmm. i consider myself an okay public speaker sure i can get by in front of a room of people if i need to address a room full of people sure i could do it mm-hmm. but never been involved in that kind of an organization and i yeah like i said i never would have a imagine that even being important let alone the most important thing yeah about giving a speech <laughs> like i never would have assumed that and perception is reality even if you're not confident if right. you pretend you're confident in those first 30 seconds mm-hmm. you're gonna captivate everyone in the room yeah 
And that's the thing is that a lot of novice speakers think, oh, they see every mistake they I'm making. They, they know it. They know I suck at this. And really, it's not so much that. It's, it's, it's the exaggerated choices that you make. So, what do you mean? As in, like, if you go up and, and, and you say, oh, I was afraid, and you, you know, kind of hold your fists up to your chest like, oh, I was afraid, you know? Mm. People aren't going to see that in the back of the room. They're going to hear you say, I was afraid, and they're going to see you make a small gesture. Okay. But they're, it's not going to register. They're not going to feel your fear. But if you paint a picture and say, it was a total blackout, I could not see anything. Never and been you, so afraid you, in my and you, life. And you wave your arms around and you, and you act as though you couldn't see what was in front of you. Everybody can see that you are now flailing because you're blinded in this story. And the people in the back of the room are going to, oh, okay, someone, oh, what's happening? Oh, she's blind. Oh, okay. You know, so again, so much of the stuff that is in the speech doesn't register for an audience. So every exaggerated choice that you make, every moment of bravado, every moment of anguish or fear that you can portray on stage with your body language is so, so critical to the actual speech. So that's the thing is that really a lot of what's critical is not the words or text that you actually have in front of you so much as... The nonverbal cues. Very much so. That stuff. Yeah. Huh. So. See? Learning. Learning, Learning right? here. Learning. This Absolutely. is good. Yeah. And now that I'm, now I'm just thinking about every time I've ever spoken in front of a room, like any kind of audience, period. Sure. I'm now going back over every single time <laughs> thinking, okay, what message was I actually giving these people with my stance, hand motions, the who, like, sure. is my eye contact okay? Damn it. No, Make no. Make me reevaluate well, no, no. everything. I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But it's important. Mm -hmm. Eye contact is not enough. No, no, it's, it's big not. Piece. It's not. Enough. It's great if you have good eye contact. You know, it's just not enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just look more. That is interesting. Yeah. And there's bad advice out there too. You know, yeah. That's the thing too. Like, what's oh. the worst advice you've ever gotten? <sighs> Not know. to put you I, on the spot, I, but I'm I gonna mean, put you on the not spot. Not to me personally, but the one that always is are, oh, imagine the audience naked. It's like, oh, that doesn't do anything no, for anybody. No. That's not gonna help you. I That's can't not gonna help you. Imagine it does. Why would you focus on that? <laughs> <laughs> You're when you gonna go say into something speech? you regret. I guarantee Yeah, yeah. It. And if you see me like looking through you, like, oh, what would they look like? If, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, that's, that's not gonna help your speech. <laughs> Um, you know, like if you really struggle with eye contact or you don't, or you, or you really fear the people in front of you, that's what you're fearing, which is a very natural, extraordinarily natural fear. Yeah. You know, a good way to, a good first step is something they teach in theater as well, which is just look over everybody's head. Over the that's top a nice, that's a very yeah. good way to avoid eye contact, but still make it look that you kind of maybe have eye contact. He's looking at someone's yeah, it, eyes, it's, it's not a, mine. Right, it's, it's, a, it's a level, you know, you, you, the more you do speeches, the more you're going to get comfortable actually taking time and seeing the audience and talking you know and, and yeah. talking at them with your eyes in, in a way you know by, yeah. by looking at them so um but, yeah. strategic eye contact strategic yes yes yeah. tactical because I, I feel like you ever so have you ever been attending a speech member of the audience mm -hmm. have you ever felt like the speaker was looking directly at you for way too long sure sure yeah, I felt that before. I 
feel like that happens every time someone gives a speech oh. to me. Oh, really? Is that good eye contact or bad eye contact? No, that's just narcissism. No, <laughs> it could be. No, it I'm very well kidding. could be. And no, see, that was my next question. Was that, is that just me thinking way too highly of myself right now? That no, you idiot. No, Nobody, I'm just I'm just messing with you. No, nobody's no. looking at you. <laughs> no, no, I'm just messing with you. I, I think I think a lot of that is uh, kind of where you're where you're sitting. That, that's what I would guess. Because um, I've had that happen before, where it's like, okay, if, if this I'm, is if the I'm, seventh time this person has yeah. looked at me in the same yeah, sentence. Yeah. They've already scanned around, right. and mm. yeah. And I think that's again, that's another. I, I would I would describe that as, as a level, if, if, if especially if you know the person and they're you know, kind of using you as a comfort, like oh it's hey easier, man how am I doing? Just talk to Jim as opposed to you know talking to the whole audience, you know. So you know because I've I've had that before where you know a friend of mine's giving a, a, a talk or a speech or whatever and they keep looking at me and it's like I'm smiling yeah it's good you know hey buddy, but keep going you know um, um, it could be Jim that you're just a very good audience member because again if you're trying to make eye contact. You might not realize that the person next to you is texting the person two, you know, seats down from you is not really looking at the speech. That is kind of often, you know, they that speaker might only be. You might just be a good audience member. They might be mm. just trying to Focusing speak to the people the that person. are actually up there looking at me. Oh, I guess I could talk to Jim. Jim's He's paying attention. Jim's face is looking at my face. You know, like it's yeah. like okay, that's something that I have. That you know, I'm not going to talk to Sean. Sean doing whatever. This kid's texting tiny is that, shoe. Is that a crossword puzzle? What a jerk. What yeah, yeah, so <laughs> it's like, yeah, Sudoku yeah. in the middle of yeah, my Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's gonna, going on I'm not gonna, Yeah, Stanley, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's a true Stanley. <laughs> Actually, that's a, that's a, well, who's your favorite office character while oh, we're on the subject of no. Stanley? Yeah, I'm oh, putting no. you on blast. You're gonna be exposed if it's oh. not a good character. <laughs> Creed is by far <laughs> the greatest and Undeserved character. Oh man, dude, he is just worthless. <laughs> I, love, I love Creed. I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking. I was thinking that the other. Uh, the, the, when I was driving into work, I was thinking about that scene where Dwight was talking about what would happen if all the people in the office had to endure the apocalypse. Oh my god! Like, like who? Jim everyone's be, role. Jim would be a warlord's jester. <laughs> Pam would be enslaved. Uh, what's the? Uh, uh, Phyllis. Know, Phyllis would be. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, I'm forgetting who's the. Meredith. 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 Meredith would do okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. that show is classic. Yeah. How, how far have you gotten now? How... Like through it? Yeah. I've seen. Oh, you've it. seen all this? Yeah, I've seen The Office. Actually, okay. So funny yeah. story about The Office. Sure. Uh, for the longest time, all the way. I mean, it came out in what, like 2008, 2009, something like that. And from then until the maybe first quarter, possibly second quarter of this year, I despised it. I hated the show. Really? Mostly, I think I was just trying to be a contrarian and just piss (laughs) everyone off because everybody loved The Office. And I'm like, whatever, man, I don't think it's that good. Just to piss right, people off. Right, right, right. I did the same thing with Lost for the longest time, and then I actually watched it. I was like, oh, it's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. This is pretty damn good. And the Beatles, mindless... a little overrated, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. They had a couple good songs, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but with The Office, so I finally get around to watching it for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. Really, really watching it. Yeah. And I also had never worked in, like, a quality office setting before where we work now. Sure. Like the, lab, the place I worked before this was 
Yeah. Not no, as, no fun. Yeah. yeah. It was sure. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a but, nice. It is a nice space. It in is, any it case, nice so I I get into the office and I realize this is like one of the greatest shows that's ever been created. Right. Ever. So yeah. I watched the whole thing and then I immediately started watching it again. Yeah. Yeah. And so I finished it again in the middle of the summer and I I almost started watching it a third time. It's one of almost. those things. And I'm yeah. like, all right, you were wasting so much time just watching the show. Yeah, that's the worst is when you've watched an episode so many times that it's no longer Quoting you can't everything. you can't you can't laugh at it anymore. You just feel like oh, I wish I wish it were the first time I watched this episode. Right. It's such a goddamn good episode. I'd love to see it for the first time again. Yeah. That's me with yeah. Family Guy. Oh yeah. I had for my four actually four and a half because took a semester off in college. Sure. So for four and a half years, I watched nothing but Family Guy for the most part. <laughs> sure. I had it in the background when I was doing homework, if I was just hanging out with friends, we were watching Family Guy. If, like, I would leave for class, come back, it would be, are you still watching this? And I would just hit yes and start watching Family Guy again. Right, right. While I'm cooking, while I'm eating, everything. Oh, yeah. I would fall asleep and wake up to Family Guy, and it got to the point where when I graduated from college, I came home and all I still wanted to do was watch Family Guy, <laughs> obviously. But I didn't realize this until my brother said something to me. And he goes, dude, would you shut up? <laughs> and I didn't realize this, but subconsciously, I was just quoting every line from oh every God. character. <laughs> singing the whole intro song. Yeah. Waiting for like if people weren't paying attention, I'd be like, Shh, "Yo, this is hilarious. Pay attention." <laughs> and then the joke would be some, you know, family guy, just some stupid joke, some stupid pop culture reference, yeah, and I'd yeah. be like, "Ah, hilarious!" <laughs> and everyone's like, "Okay, dude, you watch way too much Family Guy." <laughs> and so I stopped watching The Office because I didn't want that to happen. Okay. Okay. I told you all of that to tell you this. No, <laughs> so no, no. Didn't that, that's want a, that to happen. That was a good office. story. I understood the concept. <laughs> no, no, I, I can see that. I, I mean, yeah, you, you, you can get, you know, so lost in something like that and, and, and really fall in love with the creation of it and just be like, oh, you know. Seth MacFarlane is the greatest voice be? actor of all time, I'm pretty sure. He's pretty damn good. If he's not, he's he's, he's pretty up there. Right? He, he's, he's up there. Yeah, no, and I remember watching those, especially, you know, kind of, you know, going home and, you know, maybe, you know, especially when you're younger, I think, too, just like, yeah. the, you know, the, 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 oh, wow, he says really bad stuff right yeah there, you know? that's like, terrible you, know, you can't say it's that it's terribly funny you know but it's, yeah, yeah. yeah so it, that's kind of my sense of humor too sure as i'm sure you've gathered <laughs> is like i can't believe he just said that right right <laughs> it's very shock comedy yes. it's very, yeah yeah but it's not it's not quite on the same level as south park but it's i'd say about 50 percent of family guy comedy is like you gotta work to get there eventually. Yeah, it makes you think. Yeah, South Park is. You watch? You, you mm. fan of South Park at all? See, that's the thing. Totally missed the boat on South Park. That's all right. Yeah. The boat has not left port yet. <laughs> it has not left port. Okay. It still exists. Yeah. yeah. I think South Park is the best. It's definitely the best written comedy cartoon, like, an, like sitcom. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the best written animated series mm. i think i can't think of a better one i really can't spongebob eh? spongebob's pretty good i'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of SpongeBob. spongebob is pretty good yeah all right second best <laughs> ever written was south park yeah 
SpongeBob takes the top spot because Tom Kenny is a master. That guy. And, and it's great because, like, I mean, I'll, I'll watch Adventure Time too. And whenever I see the Ice King Rest walk in. Rest in peace, Adventure oh, Time. Man. Dude. Every time I see the Ice King walk in one of those episodes, I'm like, oh, thank God. Yes, they brought him here. in. They brought him into this episode. <laughs> this episode was getting a little dry, but yeah. then he showed then up. Then the Ice King showed up. That's and good. stupid, like, stupid stuff too. It was one episode where he, like, he picks up a banana. <laughs> he picks up a banana and he listens for a second. No new messages. <laughs> he chucks it across the room, and it just there's no context. There's Doesn't zero make any sense. Whatsoever. Nobody uses a banana for a phone. Not no. even in this universe. And ring, yet it's, ring banana phone. Yeah, so, just the way on. he just the way he was so upset that there weren't any messages on his banana. <laughs> I think my favorite piece. Ice King is a great character. Sure. And I haven't seen Adventure Time in a long time. I mean, I haven't watched all the episodes, but every episode I've watched, I've loved. The dude knows who he is. Ice King knows. Oh, oh, he's the fucking Ice King, man. (laughs) He can do whatever he wants. Sometimes to his own detriment. Yeah, yeah. But (laughs) But he's the Ice King. He's the Ice King. He knows he's he has problems. He knows he's a sad character. He knows he's got issues. Yeah, he knows. He knows he's he's got some history. He's got some stuff to work out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Man. So, um, I wanted to. Also, I ask you a little bit sure. about Historia Civilis. Oh, man. Because I mentioned it last week. Mm-hmm. I mentioned what I had been watching. I watched the other ep- another episode. I've only seen two now. Okay. But you said you were familiar with the Siege of Cleopatra one. Yes. Yes. See, that, this, I'm very glad that you showed me this YouTube channel. Good. Good. Pardon the pivot, everyone. Mm-hmm. But I'm very glad that you showed me this because history is kind of it's kind of my thing. More of a World War II guy, personally. Sure. Okay. But well, I mean, Gladiator is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a great movie. That period of history is really interesting to me, specifically around Caesar, because there's I feel like there's a lot of parallels between exactly what's happening now. Couldn't have said it better myself. There's so <laughs> many, and it's been getting, it's been working its way up, and I'm not saying, we're not making this political disclaimer, this is not getting political <laughs> at all. Donald Trump is not Julius Caesar, we're not going there. Yeah. Talking a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more into the minute details sure. of that. Whereas the office of president specifically, mm-hmm. or not specifically, generally, is starting to look a little bit more the way that I think Julius Caesar probably exercised his power as emperor. A little more imperial, yeah. It's been and it's, happening for like two decades now. Right. I mean, you look at, um, you know, one, uh, I wouldn't call it a missteps so much as just one of those barriers that just kind of folded as far as the actual power that president has is that really the reality we live in is that the president can wage war yes that's very critical it was not designed that way by the founding fathers right in fact uh, i was listening to like uh, wxsi the other day and they were Ooh. describing when that actually folded which was actually ironically with madison 
James Madison, mm. who basically was yeah. so... I mean, if you read anything about Madison, the guy was obsessed with yeah. trying to to divide power between the houses. Yeah. And yet, when the World War... When, when um, War of 1812 rolls around, and he's, he's getting the a first bunch of pressure... his chest. Because he knew that he yeah. wanted to get reelected. Yeah. And he fell to his own greed and said, you know what, uh, I'm not waging war against the British... But I am going to put troops on the video, blah, 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 and ended up pushing through legislation that basically extended the time in which a president could actually field the militia, field the armies. Yeah. At the time, it was mostly a militia, but they yeah. did have armies. You know, you could actually we field didn't those have armies. have any without... standing armies before that. Right. Period. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bunch of bunch of guys coming out of the woods saying, I, I have a gun. All right, you're in. All right. Fella. Get in there, you. Come on in. Yeah. Congrats! You're, so I mean, you're a lieutenant. <laughs> yep, hey, you're promoted. You're What's an a officer. lieutenant mean? Doesn't matter. Just, just get in line. <laughs> load your weapon, yeah, soldier. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was like that was the first that was the first fold where where the the Congress didn't counteract. Yeah, and when they very well could have. Absolutely, and so you're many, supposed to have congressional approval. Exactly, and we don't, and and so we live in a world where. In a way, we, we that's the same thing happened in, in the Senate is that you, you know the, the 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 Roman Senate would say at, at critical times they would say you know gosh the the you know the barbarians you know are are, are you know knocking on our door you know the, the northern Italians are causing trouble blah 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 we got to give one person total control but they have to give it back at the end of the time right war, right so that actually worked out really well one time <laughs> <laughs> just the one though one time just i don't the remember once. the general but there was one general that was a he was a farmer real humble guy kind of that george washington feel to him okay. and they said here you know we're going to give you the um there's a term for it in rome it's that stack of uh, it's like little bars. It's it's um, with, a, with an accident. I don't remember what it's called, but um, it represents um, total control. It represents okay. the, the the weapon of, of power. That what power is. It's like they, the conch, the magic conch. The magic conch, <laughs> sure. So the magic conch of Rome was given to this guy, and they said, "You have total control. You wield this." And he fielded an army, and he and he, and he beat back the enemy. And then he gave it back, and then he went right back to farming. And they're like, "Wow, that's great! I guess we'll just we'll do that forever. We'll just do that forever. There's no way this could possibly go. Nobody will exploit that. (laughs) And Rome will stay a republic. Yada yada yada. (laughs) No, there will be no need to burn the city to the ground. None of that will ever. I am the Senate. Who's that? (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's so I I. I definitely agree that if you, especially some of the um, episodes on the Senate, which yeah, uh, I to me are some to... of the most fascinating, take a look at them because that's once the you... next one I'm gonna yeah. watch is the Roman Senate, the first one. Absolutely, and some of the some of the his years, the year of Cato, the year of uh, um, you know year of Caesar, uh, year of um, uh, well, a bunch of other consuls yeah. because they had consulships I'm, back then. I'm trying to think. Who else he... I can't, because I've only... Like I said, I've only seen two. Right. But, I mean... More to come. Sure. More to come. Because, like I said, that's very interesting to me. And they're in short little bites, too. They're, like, 25 minutes. Yeah. It's perfect. Absolutely. Watch one, like, on lunch or if I'm just hanging out around here. And it's... It's it's just long enough to give the details and be informative. Yeah. But not too long. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, but not too long to lose the attention. Yeah, 
Yeah, and he and that's the nice. And he thing also of, puts little jokes like there's humor yeah, yeah. in there. He's kind of like making live action memes, whatever animation he's sure. doing on there. Yeah, he does a lot of those, especially when they have the little word bubbles when they yeah. say something. And, Damn you! Yeah, yeah, the, he'll throw little things in that. So yeah, no, he does a good job with that, and and he and he does keep it precise to what like the topic is, what's imperative to the topic, you know. Mm. And he does a very good job of of. Of especially when there are moments in history that are foggy, or moments in history that could get political, he says, "This is my opinion. This yeah. is, you know, so this I is what know I exactly think." What happened. And then he'll even sometimes map out options. Here are three things that could have happened, or three. He did that with reasons. the yeah. Spartan Constitution. He's like, I don't know exactly the reason for Sparta collapsing. Right. But here are the Here's four most lists. likely reasons. Sure. Make up your own mind. Right. And I like that. Because I yeah. don't like to be told what to do or what to think. I like to make my own conclusions as pretty much anybody with a functioning <laughs> brain yeah. Yeah. would want to do. Sure. Um, so, yes. What I want to do as well here, and I think this is a Marcus Aurelius quote, which it is a Marcus Aurelius quote, which fits <laughs> along with talk of emperors. <laughs> um, so you read this entry for today. Mm -hmm. You did. Okay. What'd you think of it before I read it out loud here? I think it's great. I, I think that it's, it's just, it's, it's framing your mind in a positive light and saying, you know, I, there's only so many. I, I like the they continue to the, the quote continues to refer to choice, and I like that. Is right. that sometimes, especially when we're in times where we feel like we don't have any options, it's really good to list out all of the options that you actually have, and keep drawing from that, and keep drawing from that, and saying, oh, you know, I actually have. 35 options yeah. when I I only thought I had one right I only thought I had one you know and so what what can I choose is really I think that's a great meditation I think that's a great thing to keep in keep yourself keep reminding of yourself because mm -hmm. it's very easy to become not lucid to, to lose yourself yeah. and, and not think that you have choice right and so the entry for today October 23rd uh, again, October, the theme for this month is virtue and kindness. The entry for today is titled, Show the Qualities You Were Made For, with, like I said, a quote from Marcus Aurelius from Meditations, which you're familiar with Meditations, right? Is it essays, letters, or it's just journal entries, right? From what I can, it's a little bit of both, because I've, I've only read about a quarter of it. I'm not sure how they... How they break that up. Whatever the case may be, meditations all... makes me think of of like a, a saint's meditations. Right. That's what comes to mind first, but of course it couldn't have been that because there weren't any saints. Right. There Aurelius were zero. was around. Yeah. <laughs> there were zero saints. A lot of candidates. <laughs> right. Um, so the quote reads as such: People aren't in awe of your sharp mind. So be it. But you have many other qualities you can't claim to have been deprived of at birth. Display then those qualities in your own power. Honesty, dignity, endurance, chastity, contentment, frugality, kindness, freedom, persistence, avoiding gossip, and magnanimity. Magnanimity, yeah, magnanimity. It's easy to blame our circumstances. One person curses that they weren't born taller, another that they're not smarter with a different complexion or born in a different country. All of that very relevant to where we are today. Um, 
It'd be hard to find a single person on this planet, from supermodels all the way down, who doesn't think they're deficient in at least some way. But whatever your perceived deficiencies are, remember that there are positive qualities that you can develop that don't depend on genetic accidents. You have the choice to be truthful. You have the choice to be dignified. You can choose to endure. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to be chaste. You can choose to be thrifty. You can choose to be kind to others. You can choose to be free. You can persist under difficult odds. You can avoid trafficking and gossip. And you can choose to be gracious. And honestly, what are, and honestly, aren't the traits that are the result of effort and skill more impressive anyway? And this, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's just beautiful. Jim, Jim, that's okay. <laughs> but it, I mean, all of that goes back to what we've been talking about for 45 plus minutes now. Yeah. Is, and well, what we started with, you're working on a yeah. skill that you want to be good at. You weren't necessarily born as someone who gives a shit about public speaking. No. Really cares at all, but just the way that your path has unfolded. Yeah. Like I say, it's really kind of happenstance. Like, it, it's funny because, you know, when I was a kid, I was really, really, really quiet. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get a word out of it. Um, you know, and my mom would always tell a story, you know, I, I'd be playing with, uh, you know, Legos or whatever, and I'd be at a family gathering, and there'd be my cousins outside, they'd be, they'd be playing soccer or whatever, yeah. and I'm inside. Building stuff. Behind a window. <laughs> building stuff. And she's like, you know, you you could play with your cousins. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could, and I, didn't <laughs> I totally win. could. But I was happy with my own little, you know, world or whatever I was doing with Legos or building blocks, whatever, you know. And it's like, it's only really happenstance that I started to, you know, do the theater and and, and enjoy that stage presence mm-hmm. and growing that. It, it's not out of extroversion or talent or anything. It was just a skill that I repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated and grew to really enjoy and thrive off of the next success because it was going to take right. so much more to top that last performance that I did. Right. You know, so like when I did, it was like, whoa, I made it. Can't believe I, I made I it did to that, that next level. You know, so that's a great, you know, you can choose to practice. You can choose to, you know, and I know that's a, that's an age old, you know, uh, yeah. practice, 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 but it's like trying to try, keep visualizing it, keep visualizing the amount of times that you um, take it and taken a choice and said, yeah, you know what? I've got, you know, this skill of sales, or I've got this thing of, you know, uh, stoicism, or I've got, um, you know, I want to get, a, I want to be a better artist, I want to sketch something. How many times did you, you better draw? start freaking sketching, yeah, I, I you know? I three things today. <laughs> I drew a, a, a bird, it came out awful, but I drew a, right. I drew a tree, and that came out pretty good. You know, it's like, right. you know, it's like, it's like how many, you know, count up how many things, because you've probably achieved more than you, you know, Even want to actually recall about. or think about, you know, Definitely. so... Yeah, that's been helpful for me lately is just trying to visualize, okay, what have I done? Yeah. You know? Because sometimes it feels like, oh, this is all pointless, what the hell? Yeah, I haven't done anything, I haven't created anything, you know, and it's like, okay, well, hang on, let's, let's, try to, let's try to look at all the choices that I did make, the times where I did show integrity, and then, you know, follow that Build up. Build on that. Yeah. Keep making the right choices. Yeah. And I think rereading that again is giving me... I mean, I'm going to have a new piece to think about tomorrow anyway. Yeah. But re- just rereading that just now is giving me... Oh, it's refreshing. The first... One of the first 
thoughts other than shit I gotta get the book read sure, sure. gotta do this first thoughts I had this morning was alright I'm gonna go to work today and I'm not gonna bitch about <laughs> oh they didn't pick the phone up or yeah. oh this person's not returning my calls this sure. person didn't answer my emails or oh they unsubscribed from the marketing whatever the hell it is right and I did not follow that at all today. All I did today <laughs> was think about how sorry I was for myself. That I, damn it, I can't get anybody on the phone. I can't do anything. Today is just not going the way that I want. Yeah. And that's a perfect reminder that every day is not going to go the way you want. You can't, you can't control what everybody else is doing. You can't control when people pick the phone up can't control if somebody doesn't hold the door for you mm-hmm. you can't control that it's raining outside you can't yeah. control that the power went out you can't control anything other than your choices and what you're thinking up here yeah so again rereading that it's gonna give me gave me i'm kind of fired up right now yeah. give me a little energy that me i'm too. gonna be able to uh, <laughs> take into tomorrow which is the 24th, which tomorrow is a short one. I've never seen one that short. I don't remember one that short. There's a couple lines there. Tomorrow is the fountain of goodness. Ooh, which must be important. Must be. We're going to find out in the morning. I guess so. Um, so that is essentially all that we have for you this evening. Episode 5, Cognizant and Cognizance. Anything that you'd like to leave the people with as a parting gift, Mr. Flynn? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, thanks for inviting me. I apologize, I don't have a. No, I'm just messing with you, man. Fantastic just, quote uh, to leave you with. Hey, man, I have nothing either. That's why I asked you. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was one. Um, oh, here's a good one. Topical. Works with what we said. It's a nice quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. I'm going to slaughter it, but I, I think I'll get it most of it. Nothing right. like a good butchered quote. Yeah. I love it. It's, um, um, people, uh, the, oh, the future belongs to people who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Touching shit right there. Pretty nice. Eleanor Roosevelt, everybody. She could make her own Hallmark card. <laughs> Or or become a very powerful figure in history. One or the other. You can't do both. You you really can't do both. Too powerful for the Hallmark card. Yeah, yeah. Too sweet. I'm sorry, Mrs. Roosevelt. We can't make you a card. You're just too powerful. You're too damn powerful. Yeah. And with that, we thank you. Thank you, Sean, for devoting an hour-ish of your evening. And... uh, Many more to come, I'm sure. There's always good things to talk about when you got two good heads on your shoulders, my friend. Absolutely. And with that, we will bid you all good night, and we'll see you next week. Mm